Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog radio program as we listen to a little bit of James Brown there talking about it's a man's world. And, uh, folks, we have a real, we have not just a, a man's world guest, we have a shown enough man's world guest, okay? You know how we country boys get down. Shown enough means big time. <laughs> we have with us, folks, as promised, Dr. Everett Piper. Uh, Dr. Piper is president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University, a great Christian university. And, uh, and you know, I'm real big on that, folks. And uh, he wrote a fantastic book, Not a Daycare, based on an essay he wrote a couple of years ago to one of those snowflake uh, students of his. Uh, you know, hey, snap out of it, Jack. This is not a daycare. This is a university. And uh, Dr. Piper, that thing went viral and uh, and I guess your life has not been the same since, has it? <laughs> well, thank you for having me on. And yeah, uh, a little bit of attention uh, that I didn't expect. That, yeah, that essay that you referred to that that served as the foundation for this new book actually had three and a half million views over the course of a couple weeks. Wow! And as you know, the context the context for it was, you know. I'm not going to coddle you. I'm not going to comfort you. I'm not going to pat you on the head and give you a participation trophy. This is actually a place where I expect you to grow up and learn. Mm -hmm. I want you to be a man of character. I'm not going to sit around and make you feel comfortable in your sanctimony or your self-actualization or your narcissism. So I said, you know, this is a place where I want you to learn. (laughs) It's a, it's a a university. It's not a daycare. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. We need, we need more men like you. I'm telling you uh, in academia, uh, and, you know, I'm the school choice advocate at the Virginia Christian Alliance here in Virginia. And, uh, you know, my my big issue is that if all the schools uh, would just advertise exactly what they are, if you at your school advertises to parents, parents, this is how we're going to treat your children. And all the other schools advertise exactly what they're going to do. And, you know, and we on a certain level, we do that with colleges, but not the schools that prepare college students. Do you think if we were to actually do that, uh, is the is the state of the country such that more parents would actually choose to have people like yourself teaching their children? Well, I would hope so. I would hope so. And I do think your point is spot on. However, I would challenge it to another level and say a lot of the marketing and advertising that's coming out of the schools right now is fraudulent. In mm. other words, don't believe the four-color brochure that a college or university puts out. Mm. Many of these schools will fancy themselves and promote themselves as Christian institutions, but when you pull back the cover of the book, if you will, you're going to find out they've hired faculty that don't believe in the deity of Jesus Christ. Mm. They've got faculty and staff that don't believe that sexual morality should be affirmed uh, with regard to the definition of a male and definition of a female, the definition mm. of what it means to be a moral man and a, and, and a virtuous woman. They don't teach that any longer because they don't hold a high view mm. of Scripture. Well, I, I can show this. you some Why preachers that don't believe that. Years of... Yeah, they're, they're well, churches, well, it, they're churches and, that and, don't believe that now. Absolutely. And, what, and, and I would say, and I would say, that the fault may come back to my industry because 
What's taught today in the classroom will be practiced tomorrow in the church. And when we send our kids off to colleges and universities that stand against a high view of Scripture, stand against the church, try to tear it down rather than build it up, mm-hmm. then why in the world are we surprised when we get leaders in our churches that actually don't understand that the Bible is true? Right, right. And that's and that's where we are. And I'm telling you, I've thoroughly enjoyed this book. I didn't get a chance to quite finish the whole book, but I'm telling you what what I read that you you are spot on. Folks, you've got to get this book, Not a Daycare, and uh, the devastating consequences of abandoning truth. I mean, you go back into the history of the colleges, and I mean, I love the chapter where uh, I think it was the prodigal, uh, the prodigal university, where you you delineate all of the top colleges, uh, what their motto was, and how all these colleges were founded by Christians and uh, back in the late 19th century and all throughout the 20th century, one by one by one, these colleges flipped from their original mandate to make moral people and, and went from that model to a model of, uh, I guess you'd call it a, being a technocrat. Absolutely. And the, the poster child for your point that you just made, and it is in that chapter, is that if you go back to Harvard, the first university in the United States. It was founded in a Judeo-Christian ethic, a biblical worldview. Its original mission statement called to, quote-unquote, lay Christ at the bottom as the foundation of all learning. Mm -hmm. And if you go to Berkeley on the West Coast right now that fancies itself as the birthplace of the free speech movement, to this day, Berkeley's motto is, let there be light. Mm -hmm. So from Berkeley to Brown, you have universities that were founded in a biblical worldview, and we've walked away from it. We've walked away from our heritage, our inheritance, if you will. We're wallowing around in the pig slop of post-modernity like the prodigal son. It's time that we recognize that the only solution is to return home to our Father who gave us the truth, the veritas, Latin for truth, in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, words mean things. And like you said, the, uh, when you look at the, 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 the color brochure from these colleges and they say one thing, they practice, practice another. Uh, you know, we throw words around like liberal and conservative. You know, I choose to use neoliberal because a true liberal, I mean, now what if there's, I don't know if there are any true liberals left that still call themselves liberals, but what if there's a liberal that calls him his or herself a liberal and we're attacking well, liberals? And the, would that person think we're attacking them, if we don't use the, the proper terminology, uh, and, and, and same thing with a conservative. To, you know, they've convinced people that a conservative is a person that has cement between their ears and they're, uh, never a new idea can get in when we really want to just conserve the idea that our nation was created as a place where our rights and freedoms are gifts from God and not something that our fellow man is to determine. Absolutely. Classical liberalism, classical liberalism would go back to, let's say, Oxford some 1,000 years ago. Why was it founded as a liberal arts institution? It was because it believed in an education of a free man, a free woman, a free society, a free culture. It believed in liberty and liberation, freedom and justice. 
And if you fast forward, that's why we have liberal arts institutions in the United States. A classical liberal, you are a classical liberal, I am a classical liberal, and as conservatives who believe in conserving the time-tested truths of God, we're more liberal, if you will, than our left-of-center counterparts because we believe that you can have that liberty only within the truth of Christ and the truth of Scripture, the fences of freedom, if you will, that G.K. Chesterton tells us of. Classical liberals today are really the bold and unapologetic conservatives who con- who conserve the time-tested truths of God. Yeah, yeah. Now, what is it in what is it in the Christian ethic? You know, I think it comes to preaching the half gospel. Uh, really, what what it boils down to the 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 uh, maybe the the uh, some people call it the feminine side versus the masculine side of God's nature, but w- we seem to have an aversion to speaking truth forcefully and you know and i call these people that have ruined this nation where they've infiltrated everything i think the first thing they infiltrated was the educational system from uh from came over after world war ii from germany uh then they they infiltrated hollywood and they've infiltrated every facet of america that is in the business of formulating culture and I call them the coalition of evil, the communists, the socialists, the fascists, the atheists, the Muslim fundamentalists, the radical environmentalists, radical homosexuals. And, you know, what is it about Christians and conservatives that we can't agree that this is the case and call it like it is so that people that don't understand will recognize it? I think, I think we've been brainwashed into a low view of Scripture rather than a high view of Scripture. We rest on our feelings rather than biblical facts. Shoot, we are honoring our feelings and worshiping our feelings more today than biological facts. Take, for mm-hmm. example, the confusion over the female. We've allowed our culture and our church to dumb down the definition of a female to nothing but a feeling rather than a biological fact, so that any time a dysphoric male wants to raise his hand on a given day and say, I am one, somehow that's so? It's Gnosticism. It's modern-day Gnosticism where we deny the fact, we deny the physical, we deny the biological, we deny the scriptural because we have a higher feeling or a higher understanding and a higher knowledge of what we really are. We're dumbing down the definition of the Imago Dei, the image of God, to little more than the Imago Dog, where we follow our feelings and our base instincts and our appetites and our inclinations, and we define ourselves that way. That is not the biblical definition of a human being. It's a Gnostic definition of the human being, and the church, and the church with a capital C, has been drinking the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, it's like uh, the age-old difference between being a man or woman of the spirit versus being a man or woman of the flesh, and it's been put on steroids. Absolutely. We, one of the things that I get challenged by for this message right now is that it's too strident, it's too firm, it's too confrontational. You need to comfort and coddle people more of this, because that's the yeah. Christ-like way. And I say nonsense. Jesus mm-hmm. told us he, that the Lord disciplines those he loves. Right. Love and discipline is not antithetical. It's hand in glove. And if we are afraid to stand in somebody's way and say, stop, because we want to tolerate them, tolerance is an inferior ethic. Yeah. It says, I don't care about you, do what you want. Mm-hmm. Love is a superior ethic. It says, I care deeply, stop. 
Right, right. And I mean, biblically, uh, a man who does not correct his son does not love him. And they, uh, they, and I think the apostles, uh, some of them rather, at some point told Jesus, this is a hard teaching. Who can follow it? <laughs> and so, I mean, it just seems to be human nature to, to, to have a desire to do the easy, soft, weak thing. And, uh, and I say, God bless you for being man enough to stand and, uh, and take the arrows. And uh, now, have you had to take many arrows? You know, it's interesting. Um, we've done a statistical analysis of the comments on this message. 97% are positive, 3% are negative. But the interesting thing, the poster child for the 97% positive is the atheist, the secularist, who's writing me and saying, I don't agree with your religion and I don't like your politics, but thank you for saying what you said. It needed to be said. Carry on. Good for you. It's the church that's writing me and saying, shame wow. on you. Too strident, too harsh. So the atheist is saying, good for you. The church is saying, shame on you. <laughs> and <laughs> we're ignoring the fact that the Lord disciplines those he loves. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Now that, uh, man, that, you know, that. Wow, that's and and you know the sad thing is I'm not surprised. Okay, that's the really really sad thing. I'm not surprised because I've for years I've been calling a lot of these preachers Reverend Chickenfoot. Okay, that's 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 my term. <laughs> and when I say Reverend Chickenfoot, folks know what I mean. <laughs> now, well, you're right. Yeah, we we're close to the uh to the end of our interview here, and it's been great having you. But I I really have to ask you. This uh, this this one question about uh, Trump, your stance on Trump can't come speak uh, at your university. And again, folks, if you're just joining us, we have Dr. Everett Piper. Uh, he's uh, author of Not a Daycare, and he's president of Oklahoma Wesleyan uh, University. Remember that. Write it down. Oklahoma Wesleyan University. This is a place. This is a man to whom you can trust your children. Okay. Uh, now, you uh, with this, this issue with Trump, okay, I was very early on a, a, a Ted Cruz guy, but when Trump showed up with a bigger set of onions than Ted Cruz and he got the nomination, I immediately, immediately became a Trump guy and even predicted that Trump would, would beat my guy Cruz out. Uh, I even wrote an article predicting that, even though I, I was hoping Cruz could pull it out. So now Trump is president, okay? So if we look biblically and we see David, a, a man after God's own heart, he killed, he fornicated, committed adultery. Moses killed. Paul killed and persecuted when he was Saul, okay? Um, and, and we could go on and on throughout the Bible. Uh, look at uh, Jacob and Esau. You know, we love capitalism. We think capitalism is moral, but... Jacob weaseled his uh, brother Esau's birthright, and Esau despised it and willingly gave it up. Okay, so we, we have all these things here, but God did what? Used every last one of these people. So if God can use sinners and people who fall short, why can't we? I agree with you. And uh, the article you're referring to I wrote during the primaries was right after Jerry Falwell endorsed Trump. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I was very much Ted Cruz, and I felt the church needs to stand with those men that share our values. No, I won't endorse somebody who publicly seems to 
refute and represent the opposite of our values. So right. I said, uh, I'm not going to trump my morality by supporting somebody who's antithetical to Oklahoma Wesleyan's stance mm-hmm. on sexual morality, on the biblical ethic. When Trump won the primaries, I, re- I refused to criticize him and refused to continue to comment negative about him. So I agree with you. In fact, I'll close with this. Oz Guinness told me while I was studying in Oxford, if you want freedom, always vote for the covenant. Never vote for the hierarchy. And the Republican platform, in my view, the conservative platform is a platform of covenantal responsibility Mm -hmm. and relationships. It's not a hierarchy of top-down telling you what to do. So I think we always vote for the covenant, regardless regardless of who's on the top of the ticket, because Mm -hmm. a covenant will bring more freedom than a hierarchy every time. Right, right. And, uh, you know, now will will Trump get an invitation to speak? I'm going to tell you, I know what it's not like not to be allowed to speak as a conservative. I'm a VCU graduate. I can't I can't give a speech at VCU. Even my high school, Charles City High School. I can't speak at my high school. OK, and all, all I want to yeah. do is is give back to these places that gave so much to me. And uh, and I'm like uh, Ben Carson and Condi Rice in that regard. I get called Uncle Tom. I get called a, a stupid ass nigger. I mean, this is what I get called. And, you know, it's 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 just it's 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 heartbreaking because I see so much of a need for these students to be exposed to uh, ideas that are different, that maybe my ideas might make some of the administrators uncomfortable, but they should be rearing up students who are able to process things that are different, that are difficult, that are that are hard, and maybe uh, like you're in a gold mine, uh, 99% of the gold mine is dirt, 1% is gold. And if you can't stand dealing with dirt, you're never going to get the gold or the diamond. I agree with you, and, and this ideological fascism that you're confronted with in your circles is the opposite of academic freedom, intellectual freedom. Yes. And to answer your question very forthrightly, if the President of the United States wants to speak on my campus, he is more than welcome to speak on my campus. I would honor his position, and I would celebrate that. And if he has a view or shares a view that I don't agree with, we would debate it afterwards, and we would deal with it in a civil and respectful fashion. But yes. The president okay, spoken like a true scholar, like by the way. You, you've, you've done yourself very well, doctor. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I greatly, yeah, I, I greatly appreciate you, uh, you know, sharing with our audience here. I really do. And, uh, and folks, I highly recommend this book. And, uh, and folks, really, you need two books, okay? And if your child has already gone off to college, you just take the second cop and you put it in the mail you know, because I know you're going to be sending them money and maybe a care package or whatever. Uh, you know, if, if your child is still home with you, get them a copy of this book, not a daycare. Uh, you really, really uh, have to get it. Uh, any last words you want to share with our audience, how folks can uh, check you out, check out your, your fantastic university, uh, when, when are uh, visitation days? Um, first of all, go to... Oklahoma Wesleyan University, Google it. It's www.okwu.edu. And if you want to check out my book, go to notadaycare.com. It's notadaycare.com. 
I'd love you to buy the book. And obviously, any day is a visitation day at Oklahoma Wesleyan University. We'd love to entertain everybody that wants to find an institution that's unapologetic about the truth of Christ and truth of Scripture. Amen to that. Uh, brother, we need more college presidents like you. <laughs> I hope you're replicating yourself. <laughs> Well, you've been very gracious and blessings to you. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm honored. Okay. God bless you, sir. And uh, you be blessed and continue to do great things. All right. Blessings to you. All right. Bye now. Well, all right. That was, um, hey, you know, it's the thing spoke for itself. Okay. The book, uh, Not a Daycare. Uh, We really, really do need uh, more men like this.